Hi, and welcome to C. Myers Live. My name is Sally Myers. I'm a principal at C. Myers Corporation. And I'm Dan Myers, Vice President with C. Myers Corporation. And we're here today to talk about how to rev up your loan volume. And it was interesting as going through the budgeting process with many credit unions, a lot of them out of the chute said, well, we just have to plan on loan volume going down. And that might happen, setting aside what's going on with mortgages, that could happen. But our thought is, is why not fight for it? We do a lot of loan analysis as far as what goes on with loan production, what goes on in the loan process. And we've discovered many things that financial institutions can do to grab more of that loan volume. And so we're going to talk about some tips for that today. And so, Dan, you're doing a lot of work in this area. What are one or two things that you'd like people to think about? Yeah, a few things that we are seeing is as the COVID world and the pandemic was thrust upon us, the branch lending process was shifted into the digital world, and that worked. People were able to get through it. However, as you step back and as we're looking at processes, which we do on a regular basis, and as institutions, financial institutions are looking at their processes, it's not a long-term viable solution, the existing process that they have now. So one of the things that we request is when you're going to look at this process, use a scenario, so to speak, that get some of the key players in the room and some of the doers, people actually processing the loans, and do a scenario such as you are going to start your own consumer lending business, you have no building, and you have no printers. What do you want it to look like? Absolutely, yes, you will run into challenges when you're doing this exercise. A challenge is simply a problem that can be solved. You mark it down, you put it down, and it's solvable. In the end, you want to come out with a process that's going to meet consumers' expectations on a regular basis, and that's easy to modify as we go through time. So, Sally, I think that's one of the key points that we want to start with, with the financial institutions. Right, and that it'll work, and it'll work in the digital world. And that mindset of we're starting a consumer lending business and then we have no buildings, we have no printers, that's different than stepping back and looking at what are the gaps that we have today, and then how can we fill the gaps or plug the gaps. So one of the key things for me is what is the mindset that you're in when you're creating the lending process in a digital world? And of course, the digital world will then support the physical world as well. So I think that's a great thing to consider. And then what I noticed quite a bit, and Dan, please feel free to add into this, is even in the physical world or in the branch world, sometimes people, employees were afraid to tout the lending solutions that they could offer to the consumer because it was viewed as selling and I don't want to sell to somebody. And we need to step back and have a different view of what selling is, it's providing solutions. And not only in the physical world, but how does that translate into the digital world? So what are some of the things that you've been seeing with that? Yeah, so 
regardless of financial institution and their business model, people that are face-to-face with the consumer have an apprehension to use the term sell. They don't want to sell somebody anything. It's just not natural for them. However, in this day and age, when people want to pay off some debt, for example, for a home equity loan, they're doing it to restructure debt and it's going to help them out. So looking at the whole picture of what the consumer has going on and providing even more solutions than what the consumer originally asked for is helping them out. So we asked, start shifting the language. These are solutions that you are providing to the consumer to help the consumer manage their debt. And quite frankly, yeah, it's going to get you more business, but it's going to help them. Also, a lot of loan originators are on some type of incentive. Maybe not all, maybe yours aren't, but a lot of them are. And so if they see these opportunities in real dollars to them that they've been passing on, but knowing that they can make more money while helping out a consumer, it's a different approach. So looking at it that way, showing them instead of dropping a hammer on them to say, you're going to do this, show them how it's going to help them out personally and help the consumer out. It's that shift. You'll hear us use the term lateral thinking. It's deliberately changing the way you're thinking about your business model and your approach to your business model for consumer lending. So on that, I'm guessing then that the loan origination systems have a lot of data that can be turned into business intelligence. So let's do that and show the financial institution, the loan originators, here's the opportunity for cross solutions, cross selling loans that we had in the last month or three months, six months, whatever the time frame is. Here are the opportunities we had. Here are the successes we had. Here are the gaps. And then what do we need to do in this case to close the gaps? Well, that will be getting at what's the root of the issue, the root cause of the issue. And I know that we do a lot of work in helping people identify the root cause, solving the right problem. And you have a great definition of root cause. So for purposes of this discussion, as we talk about root cause, how are we defining it? So we define root cause as a central reason or reasons for the occurrence of a problem. Mm -hmm. What is it? What is the why? Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. And doing that, like you said, is that there's a lot of data financial institutions simply aren't using that's readily available to get more loan revenue in the door easily and quickly at the same time helping the consumer and at the same time providing more income for some people if they're on those on those kinds of incentives. Mm-hmm. Using that on a regular basis, setting up some key working agreements on how it's going to be looked at and how you're going to react to it, make business decisions with that data is critical. And that's regardless of the financial institution, regardless of the size of the financial institution. Right. It's a global issue. Right. And along the lines of root cause, there could be a lot of things with respect to selling additional loans, cross-selling lending solutions. And so some of the things that we see is the loan origination systems, many of them are quite powerful. And then financial institutions aren't really taking advantage of all the power that they have. But specific to this topic here, sometimes we see that the cross-sell function isn't even set up. So that can be an easy fix right there. Or if it's set up, it's not set up the way the financial institution wants it to be set up. So it's not set up correctly for them and what they're trying to accomplish. Another thing is it could be 
set up. It could be set up appropriately, but the employees aren't using it. And you've already talked about that. Well, instead of using the hammer on it, go about it a different way from a mindset perspective to encourage the employee. No, we can make the consumer's life easier. We can help the consumer save money. And that's probably more in the physical world or the contact center. But also that same concept, and we see that missing, is how is a financial institution going to do that effectively and very efficiently in the digital world? And we think therein lies a huge opportunity to step back and look at the cross-sell solutions for lending in the digital world. And how can the consumer, in essence, be self-service in that regard and see those solutions? So, Dan, is there anything else that you want to add to that piece? There's one thing that I want to add is that as you go and you're looking at this process, don't be surprised if you hear, oh, we don't use the cross-sell feature because it doesn't work. This is big stuff. Get to the root cause. Why doesn't it work? Sometimes it was because loan origination systems were set up to meet an implementation date. Mm -hmm. Do not accept as a decision maker that it doesn't work. Find out why. This is a top priority, I would think, to help you generate loan income and provide solutions for your customers. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I mean, the revenue, the focus on generating revenue has to be top priority. I know that there are expenses that many credit unions are looking at, but from a sustainable business model, a competitive business model, that revenue line has to grow. You can't save your way to a successful business model. And I know we've talked about that in the past in different podcasts. I want to move on to another concept that I think is extremely important. And that is the appropriate consumer communication all along the way. Yeah, communication, extremely important. It's not unusual when we're looking at a lending process for the financial institution to say, hey, we have instant decision of 45%. And then we'll ask the question, well, hey, that's good, congratulations, but does the customer know what the decision is? There is a difference in you know making a decision quickly and how do they know? So everybody knows consumer behavior is constantly changing and being redefined by their most recent experience. We all see that. We are consumers ourselves. Oftentimes, when a loan is approved, it generates a series of phone calls that's normal or considered normal for a lending process. What we find is consumers, they don't want to answer their phone. They don't know who's calling them. And they may let it go to voicemail. Are they going to check their voicemail? Are they going to return the call? What do they react to better? They react better to digital communication, pushing out, be it push notifications, text messages, or even emails that say, hey, you're approved, click here for your next steps. And then push out those notifications that here's where your loan is in the process. Here's what we're waiting on. People like reminders. They like digital reminders. They can push them to their calendar. They can do all kinds of things. And if you can shift your communication to more of a digital communication, loan fundings will naturally increase. If you were to map out the phone call process, you will see what that looks like. And the results of those efforts 
you probably wouldn't be happy with. Right. And also, I always like to laugh about how for a pizza, the yeah. Domino pizza tracker, and we can know exactly where our pizza is at any moment we might be interested in knowing. And so for the financial institution alone is much more important than a pizza. Letting the consumer know where they stand can also provide a huge relief and it can stop them from shopping. And there are studies out there that show as long as somebody knows what's happening, even if it's taking longer than the next guy, most often, as long as they know where they stand, they'll stick with you. And it can also, if you're sharing externally with the consumer where the loan stands, it drives efficiencies within the organization because you don't want something hanging in a certain status for a long period of time if it's on the financial institution. So it actually drives efficiencies as well. So that customer communication is really important and the relevant type of communication is what I'm hearing. And those things are relatively easy to change. It takes a mindset change, but it should be pretty easy to implement some of these digital communications and automated digital communications. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, an additional benefit of that is the increased consumer engagement with your organization. Sally used the Domino's pizza thing. It just had some deliveries from Amazon today. It's pretty interesting that, hey, your package is 10 stops away. And mm -hmm. now it's five stops away. So you can literally, if you want to, be able to meet the driver at the door or be there for the packages. And I think that was a solution for the porch pirates, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Type of thing. So you, you're aware of when things are coming. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's that constantly moving to that engagement of the consumer and this is huge. And Sally, like you said, it's not expensive to do. It may have a price tag on it, but I tell you, you'll pay for it with fundings of loans. You will see sure. it. Yeah. And then the people that are making the phone calls can go on and do some other things to figure out a way to generate even more revenue. And that can be a huge help, as you said. The other thing I want to talk about is the notion of 24-7. So for a long time, Businesses have been talking about 24-7. We have to be 24-7. And we like to say, well, okay, but you have 24-7 access and then 24-7 answers and then 24-7 action. And so for a lot of financial institutions, there's 24-7 access for most things, most you know key things. But there's not necessarily for a lot of organizations the 24-7 answers in action. And we know now, though, that the consumer definitely lives in a world where there's no such thing as normal office hours anymore. There's not a normal work day. And there really hasn't been for a long time, but there have been a lot of things that are added to the consumer, which also means there's been a lot of things that have been added to your employees. So let's talk about flexibility for the consumer, which can also lead to flexibility for the employees. Yeah. So on that, this stuff's really exciting to us because, you know, we're presented with a challenge with a pandemic, but solutions, long-term solutions are really going to benefit employees and consumers as well. So think of it this way. The typical nine to five Monday through Friday or eight to noon or eight to nine to two on Saturday, because employees are working from home and even before the pandemic, but because employees are working from home now, 
and some of them might have their students at home too doing things that the pressures are significant to say the least. You can actually take your schedule and say, what if we opened up scheduling to 24-7? And if we have a significant amount of loans coming in, let's say from Friday at starting at like seven o'clock at night through Monday, nine in the morning, and our close ratio on those loans is very small. You can actually shift some schedules, ask for some volunteers to, hey, would you like to work a little bit later on Friday, work some queues on Saturday and Sunday, and then maybe you have four-day weekends the next couple of weeks. It provides that flexibility where people don't need to use vacation time, PTO time, and it helps them adjust to significant things that might be going on with their family as well. When we've run this by the financial institutions we are working with, a lot of them have said, yeah, we need to explore this because it will help out. And it's showing that for the employees, you're giving them the flexibility and you're listening to them as well. So think about that differently. You can actually generate more business and provide more of a flex work schedule for your folks. Right. And you use the word explore. Yeah. And so what's neat about that is it doesn't have to be a full force. We're going to do it we're going to pilot it and we'll see how the success is for the consumer and for the employees and coming up with more creative ways to meet the consumer demands again 24 7 truly 24 7. so kind of bringing this whole thing together is really is go back to you know sally what you and i were talking about is this is a great opportunity sit back tear apart your consumer lending process in a very positive way. Run the scenario that we're not gonna have brick and mortar. We're gonna be operating 24 seven. How do we solve these problems? We're not gonna have printers and push that lateral thinking. Not only, we think, will the institution come up with a better consumer lending process, it'll dynamically change the way that the institutions start to think now about other issues that may be approaching. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And on top of that, which we're not going to talk about, but want to just plant a little seed is also look at what your competition is doing from the non-traditional sources. And you have the infrastructure to maybe add some different types of loans or take the types of loans you're accustomed to making and repackaging them or re-messaging them. So that also opens up the imagination. We wanna thank you for your time today. We're very excited about the opportunities that financial institutions have to really rev up their loan volume. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Take care.